Hey guys, thanks for checking out our message this week. For more content like this, check out vineyardlive.us. If you are interested in getting to know more about who we are as a church, check out the vineyardchurch.us. Well, happy Father's Day. If you're a father that's here, and you probably have heard happy Father's Day at least once already, but I want to wish it to you from myself, um, because I think that, you know, as dads, we do, you know, J- Jamie joked about this, but, you know, it, we are open because it's, it's, it's Father's Day. So, um, you know, we'd have a special time. So sorry if that offended anyone, but I don't know. That doesn't, you know, it's not that offensive, right? Because it's just fun. But it is fun to get together, and I'm so thankful we get to be here this morning together to worship together. It's a blessing. And, you know, I, the first service, it actually rained during the service, which made me feel even more blessed because when I made the decision this morning to talk about coming in here. I'm like, well, did we do this the right thing? And yes, thank you, Lord. We needed the rain. It's awesome. But those of you dads among us, I just want to say congratulations. Thank you for being good fathers. Uh, thank you that we have the opportunity to even look outside of ourselves and so thankful we can look at a good father who in heaven who models well for us what we need to be and how we interact. I also want to say this. If you're here this morning and you've had a situation with a father that's, that's painful to you, can I just say, um, I believe that our Heavenly Father wants to heal your heart because He's still a healing God today. And it, that hasn't changed because of what we've gone through. And, or maybe you've lost your father over the last number of years. I know for myself, this is my first Father's Day without my dad. Um, and it feels different. Um, and, you know, he's in a great place and I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity for him. But it feels different when your dad's not here. But our Heavenly Father, the good thing is, He doesn't go away. He doesn't change. He stays the same no matter what. And I'm so grateful for that. But this morning I want to talk about something I think that uh, impacts all of us when we talk about kind of our character and what happens and what develops inside us. But let's pray together first. Father, we're so grateful for Your presence, Lord. You have been so good to us over and over and over again. And Even as we walk through tough times, you never leave us. You never forsake us. You stay with us and you walk beside us in tough times. So thank you for that, Father. And even this morning, I pray as we, just for the next few moments, we tune into what your word says and the things that you're speaking to our hearts. Lord, that we'd apply it to our lives, that it would become part of the way we live tomorrow and the next day and the next day because you spoke to our hearts. So thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, we are living in a time when it is difficult and it is one of those challenges that we walk through, but our character just gets squeezed out of us. Like it literally, when we're under pressure, it just kind of comes out of us. And it's not something that necessarily we're born with, we develop with over time, yes, but it comes out. And I've noticed this a lot lately, and the the Bible kind of confirms that it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's kind of what happens to us during these pressured times. And I'm no different than you are. You know, you just, it, it challenges me to think about those things and to think how that looks and works in our lives. I, just as I was thinking about this, I realized, you know, our mouth exposes our character really is what happens to us. It doesn't form our character. And so we can work on our character. And when we see things that we're challenged by, we, we simply go back and we say, How do we develop this and how do we work it out as we move forward? Our character really does matter. And I want to look at the life of David this morning. David is a guy that I've looked at over the course of my life a lot. Just to say, King David has lived an interesting life. He lived in times that were tough. He got chased around. He had tough times in his life too. And I want to look at his responses and how that works in our lives today. Because I think it's helpful for us to kind of look at um, kind of ordinary people in the Bible that lived lives that are like, we would say exemplary lives. And he didn't do life perfectly, which is, I think, what makes this interesting. 
He was kind of a normal person that lived, walked through life and did different things. And so that's what I'm going to look at this morning. But I want to particularly look at the story um, that comes out of Samuel, which was when he was working with the Israelites uh, as a little boy. And then you'll aware of the situation when he killed Goliath. So we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. So we've got some smaller people in with us. So those of you who are younger or maybe you're not familiar with it, remember little David when he killed big Goliath, right? So that's the story that we're going to talk about uh, this morning and that I want to focus on and look at some of the David's responses, I think, that show his character. Now, there's many things that make up our character. I want to just focus on three things really this morning that I think really showed in this particular passage of what David was living out. David lives a man who lived with faith, he lived with courage, and he lived with persistence in his life. And those three things I want to take a look at and kind of unpack them a little bit this morning and say, those are something I think if we could develop those things in our life, we're stepping into a long way into the future as far as developing our character more fully what God's called it to be developed. So I'm going to just kind of tell you that story this morning and as we walk through it, and I'll read a little bit of the passage. If you want to flip through it, you can. Uh, if you want to read the story, you can certainly go back and read it. It's in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 17. But I'm just going to kind of tell you the story as we go through, and we're going to read a few passages because I think it's helpful for what they actually said. But we're going to pick it up where David was actually going to see his brothers, and he went to see his brothers, and they were at war, trying to go to war. Nothing was happening, and Goliath would come out every day and challenge them. And he would yell, and so David shows up on the scene. He's a 15-year-old boy. Uh, they, they think he's about 15. Is there anybody in here that's about 15? I'm just curious. We had a couple of last service that were in that 15-year-old range. Oh, yes, right back there. So, Reese. So, think about this as a 15-year-old person. He's a 15-year-old boy. He shows up. His brothers are at war, and that's the scene that we're looking at. And so, the giant comes out, and he starts yelling, hey, you guys, what's wrong with you? You're afraid. You need to come over and fight. And David asks the soldiers this standing by. David says, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? This is a 15-year-old asking this. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? That's a lot of faith. This is a 15-year-old speaking up and saying, guys, what are you doing? Who, why are you letting this guy scare you? Because the Israelites were running away every time he came out. And the men gave the same reply to David. They said, yes, that's the reward for killing him. But when David's eldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men. He was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see a battle. And David says, what have I done now? So David shows some faith. So let's get rid of, like, why are you guys running from this guy? His brothers instantly make fun of him. Interesting, right? So he, he gets some resistance. Almost immediately, he gets resistance to his faith. And um, he says, what have I done now, replied David. He said, I was only asking a question. He walked over to some other ones, asked the same question, and then King Saul hears about him and calls him in. So a 15-year-old boy who doesn't know the king gets called before the king, right? He got called before the king because he, he's asking these questions. He's like, the guys, like, why are we so scared of this guy? He gets called before the king. He has courage to go before the king and not only does he have courage to go before the king, but here's what, the king, here's what he said. He said this to, the king, to king Saul. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. He had courage. Like, he not only had the faith, he had the courage to say, I will go and I will do these things. I, I, I'll engage. I won't just shrink back and talk about it and say, somebody else, please go, because I think he can be defeated. He said, I'll go. And so he took courage and stepped in. Saul then kind of said, well, you know, don't be, don't be ridiculous. Saul replied, there's no way you can fight him. 
But the next verse says, but David persisted. He stayed after it. He didn't just say, I'll go, but he began to persist. And he said to the king, here's what happened to me when I was a shepherd. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. I did these things. I persisted. I was persistent, and I'm going to do this too, and I want to go before him. And he says, the last part of verse 36, he says, I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has, defied, he has defied the armies of the living God. His faith in God propelled him into courage, which propelled him to be persistent to stay after all that God had for him, which was to go before a king and change an entire war. Because what happened was, we'll look in just a minute, but what happened was people began to follow him because of his faith. And so when Goliath came out and defied them, you know, David didn't run. So what happens in faith? What happens? Why is faith so important? Well, when we live in a place where our faith is absent, we tend to have a problem of lack of focus. So Goliath came out, he made fun of them. The Israelites wanted to run, but David stayed consistent and he stayed after it. But running tends to be our response when we focus on the problem instead of on, on, on the God that lives inside us. Because the problem faces us, think about this for a minute. When you're faced with really difficult problems, what's your, what can your response be? It's, there's a lot of different things it can be, but what is it usually? What is the thing that causes you to want to run? Or do you face it with faith and say, no, we got a God that's bigger than that? Because what happens so many times in us is we bury it, right? Like we see the problem and our burying the problem kind of ends up being this. We step back, we step out we run away, we get involved in things we shouldn't get involved in, or we just, we just tune on to something on your phone, or you tune in, you, you, maybe you get involved with things you shouldn't get involved with. You get involved in alcohol that just bury your problems, whatever. Those are the things that happen when we run from our problems. It doesn't take us into a good place. It takes us away from really the answers. Running actually takes us further from faith. The more we run, the further we go from faith, the more we disappear. But fear keeps us Fear really blinds us to what is possible while faith gives us the opportunity to see what is possible. Sometimes we can't see what's possible until we have faith, until we step in, until we say we're going to live from a place of faith. Fear actually keeps us from moving while faith actually keeps us moving forward. Fear holds us back. Faith drives us forward. Fear causes us to hold things tightly while faith allows us to release them. We open our hands. We live with our hands wide open. That's how we live in a place of faith. And so even as we talked this morning about giving, that's actually part of what giving is. Giving is teaching us to live from a place of faith and live with a place of our hands wide open. Faith actually causes us to explore what God's doing. So when my faith rises, I begin to explore what God's doing. And I say, you know, I, I think I might, that might be a possibility. Faith compels us to go forward. You know, when David started asking questions, his faith was rising, he started asking questions, and then he started trying to gain some understanding. That's part of faith. Part of faith is, is asking questions and moving forward. We start thinking about, what's my part in this? Where am I called to? How could I get involved? That's what faith urges and, and has happens to surge inside us. Because as David's faith grew, so did his influence in the people around him. And it compelled him into a place where courage became a natural step for him. So he went from a place of faith, I believe this can be done, somebody needs to take care of this, this um, giant that's in front of me, to a place of courage where he said, not only does somebody need to do this, he said, I will go. I'll step in. I'll step in courage because 
Courage is really choosing to be involved. You know, in David's story, he had faith it could happen, but then when he chose to be involved, he showed courage. We've, had, we've said this around this church for a lot of times. You may have heard wisdom, courage, and kindness. It's kind of three things that we talk about a lot. I think Karen actually prayed that over me this morning. But when we step in in courage, it's actually, we're, it's faith-filled. That actually gives us courage. That's, the faith comes from who we know, the Jesus and the, the God that's inside me, is faith. That builds my faith. That gives me courage to step in then. You know, indifference is kind of to courage like faith and fear are. So we have courage or we have indifference. Those are kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum, if you want to call them that. But indifference actually calls for us to be kind of like not engaged, while courage actually calls us into action. So it calls us into a place where we don't just say, somebody needs to do something, to a place where we just say, we'll raise our hand and we'll go do something. That's kind of where David was. He said, I'll go do it. I'll go take care of it. I'll move in. I will go face the giant. I'll go before the king. That's courage. That's really courage rising up inside him. You know, indifference also kind of looks like um, I'm more worried about what I might look like than I am engaging. And courage calls me to engage. And courage says, I'll take responsibility. I'll, I'll, I'll have the tough conversations if I need to. I'll take responsibility for the actions that I have. That's courage. That's really courage stepping in. You know, courage often means we take big risks, and we like to say that faith is spelled R-I-S-K, but actually courage engages our faith. So as we have faith, then we take a step, and we have courage to step in. We have courage to take a risk that we otherwise may or may not take. We would normally shrink back, but courage calls us to step into and, and to go somewhere with what we've got in front of us. Courage grows inside us. It not only motivates us, but it motivates those around us as well. You know, you look at David's story, and if you read that whole story, I didn't read the whole story this morning, you can go back and read it if you want. If you read that story, when David engaged, when David's faith called him to courage, which called him to engage, and he engaged, and he overcame the giant, what the Bible says is that his influence, the army, followed him. In other words, he, he said, we'll go do this, he kills the giant, and what happened? The whole army chased the other army down. That was because somebody decided to engage. Somebody had the courage to engage. And that courage came from a place of his faith, his deep faith. Remember what he said? Who is this that's defying God? That is the faith that he had. And that's where the courage came from as he moved forward. And as courage grows inside of us, I think we have to realize that the good news of the gospel is what causes it to continue to grow. And we continue to work with it and we continue to work through it. But interestingly enough, David's faith his courage, and there's one last thing I want to talk about I said this morning was persistence. He continued to persist. So he had the faith to move forward. His courage caused him to take a step forward, but his persistence caused him to continue to walk into it. In other words, he was made fun of by his brothers. He was given a hard time. Uh, they, you know, they were kind of accusatory towards him. The king said, I don't think you can do this. But David kept moving forward. He kept persisting, and he kept saying, no, the God that's in me, who's, the faith that's risen in me, has caused me to walk in courage, and I will, walk out, I will walk out the call. I will continue and stay in where he's called me to. Winston Churchill said, never, never, never give up. That's kind of the message of persistence. It's kind of what we were called to. It's no matter what you're in, no matter where you're at, it's staying the course. It's keeping momentum. It's staying after it, even in tough times. It is 
bringing focus to our lives. It's helping us to keep our focus in the right place. That's actually what this is about as we move forward. It's part about the whole thing of momentum. You know, just, just staying with it and sticking with it shows that the Jesus inside of us is strong enough to see us through. He not only calls us to faith, calls us to courage, he's also consistent and he's faithful and he'll stick with you. He's not leaving you because you're in a tough time. He didn't leave us over the last few months because we were in tough times. He continues to walk with us and he will continue to walk with us even though it's hard and it's tough and it's not an easy road in front of us. He will continue to walk with us and that's the God that we serve. So what do we do then if we're, we're walking in faith, we've got courage and persistence but we don't always see what we want to see. Well, the Bible actually talks a little bit about that too. It says this in, first, in Philippians 4. It says, don't worry about anything. A little hard to do. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. We are in times when those, those words, we just need to be reminded of them over and over. But, you know, all through our life, it doesn't matter what the times you're in. That's like something you post, right? You put it up and you read it every morning and help adjust your thoughts and help go back to, oh, that's how I need to think. I need to put my thoughts in the right place. I need to get focused in the right position. Because he says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. That pretty much covers the scope. You don't have to exact say exactly what should I think about. Just run it through that strainer. Does it fit? And if it does, think on those things. If it doesn't, then don't. So we're being called into something better. We're being called into that place. We're being people who are supposed to be called into a place where we literally live like that. Where our faith, our courage, and our persistence line up with a place where we're thinking about these kind of things on and on and on. Persistence really is just continuing on. It's continuing to take the next step and the next step and the next step. It's not giving up. It's not giving in. You know, we're called to do something better. We're called to do something more. And persistence takes us down the path of where we get there as we develop, as we continue to press in. We continue to persist after it. And you know, dads, I'm not, I'm not excluding mothers in this, but dads, can I just say to you, like we as men sometimes have a habit of not being great at calling people up and calling our children up in particular. We have a bit of a harsh tone to our voice or stop, don't do that, quit, those kind of things. And actually what God's calling us into, and I believe this is true of all of us, but dads in particular, I want to say to you, your children need you to call them up. They need your encouragement. They need you to say, hey, here's a, here's a better thing for you. They need that over and over and over again. And not that all of us aren't called to that, but so many times I think as dads, we kind of forget it. And my challenge to you is to think about that and think about how you're calling them up and how you're calling them into the next thing. The Bible actually talks about the idea of, of working through this whole thing as we work through, and that's running a race with persistence, like continuing to persist. Not only does faith and courage matter, but our persistence matters too as we move into a place of where God's called us to be, that we can be all that he's called us to be. Hebrews 12, 1 says, towards the end of the verse, says, run with endurance the race that God has set before us. He's saying that it takes us running with endurance. It takes 
persisting, continuing. I don't know if you've ever, Lori and I have had children who've run cross country, and one of the things in cross country is persistence. One of the things is lots of miles. And you can tell the minute the kid has put in miles, about halfway through the season, his running either gets better or worse. But it's a matter of consistently doing it over and over and continuing to work through that. It's persistence. It's not, you know, it's not, he can have all the faith in the world to run well. He can have the courage to step in and take the starting line. But if he hasn't persisted through it and practiced it, he doesn't get better. And that's how it is in our lives. We, we continue to grow as we continue to practice the things that God has laid out for us, as we continue to allow his presence in us to come out through us. That's how we grow. That's the definition of, of us growing. We actually grow in faith as we persist, and we grow in faith as we persist together. It's important, though, as a community that we have people together, that we're walking this out in community with one another. And that's part of the reason we gather. We gather because it helps us to walk in community. It helps when we're together. It helps when we um, have courage, yes, but it helps when we have courageous people around us, too, to help move us forward and engage with us as well. This isn't a solo flight. It's something we do together. It's how we work together. Actually, the Scripture says in Proverbs 15, 22, plans go, ro- go wrong for lack of advice, and many advisors bring success. We benefit, actually, when we're together. Our faith benefits, our courage benefits, and our persistence certainly benefits as well as we encourage one another and move forward. You know, it's, it's interesting to me that as we move into these times um, that we've kind of walking through, how it's been so easy for us to live our lives alone. Um, and maybe we didn't like it. Maybe it actually wasn't part of what we wanted to do, but it's been kind of an easy thing. And what I've watched in people is it's become increasingly difficult for them to live lives that are connected because we've been so disconnected. And so now we're trying to reconnect. And that's not an easy thing to do. But that's important. It's important as we walk this out, as we walk out our faith, as we walk out our courage, as we walk out our persistence in working through what God's called us to, that we walk together as a group of people as well. And I think that's one of the things as we walk forward from here. You know, it's because of the good news of Jesus inside us that we're allowed to do those things. It's what's in us that comes out of us. And if he's not in there, what's coming out is a little difficult. And when we're squeezed, we get to see what's really there over and over again. Our character does make a difference. It matters. It matters if I don't show up. It matters if I don't have faith. It matters if I don't have courage. It matters if I don't persist in what all God's called me to be. Your faith matters, but your character, developing those things in you, takes time. And it matters how we work together and as we work together as a group of people as well. We continue to grow in our character. We continue to move forward as we practice what God has called us into. You know, I can't help but believe that in David's story, over and over as a young man, out on a shepherd by himself, he was working on these things. He was developing things in him, right? He was developing the ability to have faith when things didn't look very good. He was developing courage when he was killing the lion and the bear. He was developing persistence when he continued to take care of the sheep, even when he didn't feel like it. Those are the kind of things that God's working on us in, in us right now, I believe, as a group of people. You know, people of great character have great impact. People say, does it matter whether I'm engaged or not? It matters. Your presence is crucial in working through this together as we walk it out. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. Um, But as we worship this morning and as we go to a time of worship here in just a couple of minutes, I want you to think about a couple of things. We are not on our own. The God that lives in us empowers us, which is what we're going to sing about. He empowers us to do the things we talked about this morning. He is the one who drives us forward. 
It's not self-effort. It's not about me doing better. It's not a, this isn't a wear me out kind of thing. It's a no, let God come through you. And if you don't have a relationship with him, that's where we start. We start with a relationship. Then we start with the next step. So I'm just calling you into that now to say, allow God to work in you. Allow the God that's in you to come out of you as we're squeezed and pushed together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that so many of the things in our lives, Lord, as we don't understand all the time, that we can look to you and you give us clarity and you give us wisdom. Father, I pray now as we um, worship you through song that we have open hearts, that our hands would be open, but our hearts and minds would be open, Lord, to what you want to do in us, even right now this morning. And I thank you for your presence in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message. We also have more messages available on vineyardlive.us. Get access to exclusive content when you sign up for our Vineyard Live Plus community. This allows you to watch our past conferences, trainings, and special teachings.